This content is suitable for curious and objective listeners and viewers only. User discretion is advised. You know they say if you don't know where you come from, you don't know where you go. Yeah, thank you and welcome back to the Credential Show. NFL Agent Edition. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, the Credential Show NFL Agent Edition is a study session. Basically, in today's episode, the credentials in this series, you're the student and I'm the teacher, and I'm teaching you what I've been taught <laughs> through my preparation to become an NFL agent. So this is a way for me to, because the best way they say, and you know, just because this is like the last one, we actually have a test next week. So this is the last study session. So next week will be NFL agent practice test (laughs) (laughs) and uh (laughs) and um you know so all these all these study sessions the reason why i'm having them is because they say the best way to learn something is to reteach it so i figure let me reteach it (laughs) via my podcast episodes as a way to make sure i understand the information and understand uh what the objective of the question is and and how to approach answering the question. So with all that being said, today's episode focuses around drugs, uh, everything from liquor, weed, uh, steroids. We'll talk about the commissioner's exemplars, personal conduct policy, basically, and uh, also performance-enhancing substances um, because these are all things that uh, agents need to be aware, be made aware of, and also let your players know and be aware of in case they don't take the time to look for themselves to make sure they know the rules. Because remember, as an agent, you know you're always in the best interest, and you want to provide your player with the most amount of information to make sure they're making the best, most educated strategic choices that they possibly can because this is a business at the end of the day. It's the entertainment business. So, who's ready to learn? (laughs) Oh, man. All right. We got a hype crowd. All right. So, here we go. Question number one. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback... Ben Roethlisberger is placed on the commissioner exemplist because of sexual assault and sexual misconduct allegations. Ben intends to appeal his placement on the commissioner exemplist. How much time does Ben have to file his appeal? A. Appeal must be made in writing within three business days of receiving notification of placement. B. Appeal must be made in writing within five days of receiving notification notification of placement. C, appeal must be made in writing within five business days of receiving notification of placement. D, appeal must be made in writing within 25 days of receiving notification of placement. E, appeal must be made in writing within 50 days of receiving notification of placement. So, in order to figure this one out, you have to look, we had to look at the updated 2021 
league policy rules. Um, it's actually a document, personal conduct policy document, league policies for players 2021. And on this document, under the section leave without pay, it's basically Roman numeral number four in this document. In leave without pay, it literally says a player placed on the commissioner exemplist will be notified promptly in writing with a copy to the NFLPA. Within three business days following such notification, the player of the NFLPA, with the player's approval, may appeal his placement in writing to the commissioner. So, with that being said, the answer is A. Appeal must be made in writing within three business days of receiving notification of placement. Number two. Reuben Foster, who is not in the Substances of Abuse program, tore an Achilles tendon while playing for the 49ers late in the 2020 season. The 49ers released Foster on March 16th, 2021. Foster doesn't sign a one-year deal with an NFL team until week three of the 2021 regular season. Under the NFL's substance of abuse policy, which of the following applies to Foster? A, is exempt from preseason SOA testing for the 2021 season because the regular season has started. B, Alexander is exempt from the preseason SOA testing for the 21 season because but must be placed in stage one of the SOA program. C remains subject to preseason SOA testing only if he didn't provide an SOA test sample for the 2020 season during the testing period from April 20th through August 9th. D Alexander remains subject to the preseason SOA testing, although he signed with an NFL team after the testing period from April 20th through August 9th. And E, or E, Alexander is exempt from the preseason SOA testing for the 21 season because the Saints or the 49ers released him. If I said Alexander, I meant to say Foster. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So here we go In order to figure this one out There's A document Called National Football League Policy and Program on Substances Of Abuse It's a 40 page document So it's pretty lengthy And this is what you would use to figure out The answer to this one So What's key here Is you would go on that substances of abuse policy, substances of abuse document, and you would scroll all the way down to types of testing and. You would go to preseason, right? So on this document, you go to down to types of testing. 
going on a preseason and other substances of abuse. And you would see here that a player who is signed or otherwise acquired after the date of the preseason test that would have applied to him may be given his preseason test individually if such test has not already been given, which is AKA, even if you don't take it with the with the team, you got to take it by yourself no matter what. <laughs> so that means the answer is D, right? Foster remains subject to the preseason SOA testing, although he signed with an NFL team after the testing period from April 20th through August 9th. Now, keep in mind, this is for substances of abuse, which is recreational substances, not substances that are, in the NFL's eyes, going to make you perform better. But these are, like, basically vices. So, like, liquor, weed... Um, cocaine, things of that nature. So, number three. Jake Maxwell is one of 10 players on his team randomly selected to be tested for prohibited substances on six different occasions between week one and week 17 of the 21 regular season. In week 16, Maxwell goes on injured reserve and is randomly selected for the seventh time to provide specimen under this policy. Maxwell then refuses to provide a specimen for testing. What is the likely result under the policy? A, Maxwell will will be disciplined by his team for conduct detrimental. B, Maxwell would be disciplined because he verbally protested. C, Maxwell will not be disciplined because he's on injured reserve. D, Maxwell will not be disciplined because he has already tested six times during the regular season. E, Maxwell will be disciplined because players are required to test whenever during the regular season when they are selected. So, In order to figure this one out, this would be based on policy on performance-enhancing substances. So you'd have to go to the document, the policy on performance-enhancing substances. Remember, there's two different ones. There's substances of abuse and performance-enhancing substances, two separate categories. So if you look at this document, you would go down to testing for prohibiting substances. That's like Article 2 in this document. This is another 40-page document. So if you scroll through there, and you keep scrolling... And it'll say here, right, preseason, regular season. And it says here, players will be required to provide a specimen whenever they're selected without regard 
to the number of times they have been previously tested consistent with the limits set forth in this policy. Remember, that's for preseason, regular season. And then in the pre-employment period, which is the off-season, there's different rules. So it's – or the off-season and the postseason have different rules. So it's important to distinguish. So if you look here, based on what I just said, the answer will be E, right? Max will be disciplined because players are required to test whenever they are selected during the regular season. They are selected. <laughs> <laughs> so number four Lex Paul is drug tested with his team's position group on April 26, 2021 he gives a dilute urine specimen that is negative Paul is fined two weeks salary for failure to Cooperate with the evaluation process 25 days later. How many times per month, if any, can Paul be drug tested at this point? A, once a week. B, at a frequency to be determined by the independent administrator. C, up to 10 times in a, in a calendar month. D, as often as required to make a proper evaluation. E, a maximum of 30 times in a 90-day period. So right here... This is when you go back to the substances of abuse, right? And what happens is when a player, based on the document, when a player gives a dilute urine specimen, then that player is automatically entered into the substances of abuse program. But they're entered in based on their behavior, not as a result of a positive test. And basically, there's three ways you can enter the, the substances of abuse program. You can enter through a self-referral. So, like, you tell, you admit, hey, there's something going on. You, you do it through behavior, which is... Basically, a dilute urine sample, it could be uh, an arrest potentially, it could be some conduct that you do, or you can get in through a positive test result. Right? So, what happens is, when you are in stage one, in order to get to stage two, right, what needs to happen is you fail to cooperate. <laughs> that is a big violation in this program. Failing to cooperate is an automatic reason to get you into stage two. However, in, if, in order to get to stage two from failure to cooperate, you have to be in stage one. So you have to be in the program, you know, because if if you're not in the program, then there's you're not going to be cooperating because there's no need to because you're not going to be tested or anything like that. So based on what I said, right, so now that he's in stage two, what happens is 
that's also your second violation, right? So that's where the two weeks of salary, that's where he's fined two weeks of salary to failure, for failure to cooperate because that's already his second violation. So that automatically triggers you to be tested 10 times in a calendar month, which leads the answer to being C, up to 10 times in a calendar month. And it says here, player may or may not be tested. However, if he's tested, he may not be tested more than 10 times during any calendar month. Number five. David Mitchell has his team strength coach review the ingredients listed on a package on the packaging of a dietary supplement he bought. Mitchell tested positive for nardrolone, which is a steroid. It's his first positive test. What happens to Mitchell? A. Mitchell wins on appeal because he inadvertently took a, ba- a banned substance. B. Mitchell faces a two-game suspension, no discipline, because it's his first positive test. D, and that was C. So D would be Mitchell enters NFL substance abuse program. E, Mitchell faces a six-game suspension. So on this policy-enhancing substances do- uh, document, right, They they talk about they talk about uh, suspension and related discipline, right? And it says here, step one, the first time a player violates his policy for test by testing positive for a prohibited substance, attempting to substitute, dilute, or alterate, adulterate a specimen or manipulating a test result, he will be suspended without pay pursuant to the following schedule. Positive test result for stimulant, diuretic, or masking agent, two regular or postseason games. Positive test for anabolic agent, six regular season and or postseason games. And right there, a steroid is an anabolic agent. So that automatically triggers the answer to be E. Mitchell faces a six-game suspension. So in other words... With performance-enhancing substances, the NFL plays no games. There is no warning. Um, it is automatic a suspension for at least two games. And at the max, it's actually eight games, depending on the combination of substances in that first positive test. Number six. Ryan Nix, who is in stage two of the NFL substance abuse program, was given a four-game suspension to start the 2018 season for a failed drug test in January 2018. Nix is discharged from stage two on January 1st, 2020. On August 6th, 2021, Nix tests positive for cocaine. What happens to Knicks because of the August 21st positive test? A. Faces another four-game suspension. B. 
B, faces an eight-game suspension. C, re-enters stage two under the NFL substance abuse policy. D, enters stage one under the NFL substance abuse policy. E, will be fined three-eighteenths of his 2021 paragraph five salary. So for this one, you go back to that substances of abuse document, right? And what happens is on that, when you go down to stage two, it has procedures and it has program review and duration. And under that program review and duration, it says... Once a player is discharged, he will be afforded the same status as a player who has never been referred to the intervention program. So basically, in other words, when he gets discharged, his record gets expunged. So it looks like he's never been in there. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure he he's pretty hype. He's pretty hype. So and that's a pretty uh, good. That's a great thing, right? So, you carry no baggage with you. So, in that case, if he, you know, has a mistake and um, relapses in this instance and tests positive again, he just goes back into stage one and, you know, re-enters that same process. So, the answer is D, right? Uh, enter stage one under the NFL's substance abuse policy. Number seven. Brad Norman tests positive for Adderall during a random drug test administered on May 6, 2021. It's his first positive test. Norman has a prescription for Adderall, but doesn't have a therapeutic use exemption. What are the consequences of the positive test? A. Norman faces a six-game suspension and enters NFL substance abuse program. B, Norman faces a six-game suspension. C, Norman is referred and processed under the NFL substance abuse policy. D, no discipline can be because it's his first positive test. E, discipline is at the discretion of Commissioner Roger Goodell. So for this one, I actually got this one right due to my flashcards. So on my flashcards, right? It let me know that there's a difference between how, because basically my flashcard says, how is a first positive test for a stimulant treated under the uh, NFL policy on performance enhancing substances and on NFL policy and program on substances of abuse? And it says here, with an off-season positive test, there isn't any discipline under the PES policy. Players treated as a behavior referral under the NFL's substances of abuse. So, that last couple sentences triggered me to automatically realize that the answer is C, right? Norman... 
Norman is referred and processed under the NFL Substances of Abuse Policy. That is because he tested positive on May 6th. May 6th is still considered the offseason. So that's how you get that one. Number eight. Owen Owens signs a five-year contract with the Bills in 2018 containing a $22.5 million signing bonus and a $4.5 million option payment in 2019. He has an unguaranteed third day of the league year roster bonus in 2020 for $8.1 million. He is suspended the first four games of the 2021 season for violating the NFL's substances of abuse policy. How much money, bonus money, is Buffalo entitled to recoup from Owens? A, $250,000, B, $1 million, C, $1.85 million, D, $3 million, E, $3.85 million. So for this one, first you have to figure out what is the bonus money that the Bills can recoup. So based on the previous study sessions, you would know that for bonus forfeitures or bonus recoupment, you can only get money outside the signing bonus in the year that it was earned. So remember, he suspended in 2021. He earned the option payment in 2019. So can't get that. <laughs> and he also got the roster bonus in 2020. So can't get that. <laughs> Uh, so that leaves in 2021 only the signing bonus money that the pl- the team can go after. Now, if you look here, 22.5 million on a five-year contract. So 22.5 divided by five equals 4.5 million, right? Now, in order to figure out how much of that can they recoup, you simply do. Four eighteenths, four divided by eighteen, times four point five million, and that equals B, one million dollars. If you're too old to remember Austin Powers, you gotta watch that. <laughs> All right, here. Let's see here. Number nine. Ike Francis is in the NFL Substances of Abuse program. He receives a cell phone call at 7 a.m. from the drug program collected. In May 2021, that he's at his house to test him. At 8.45 a.m., he returns to call to the drug he returns to call the drug collector who tells him he called earlier because he was at his house to test him. When Ike returns the call to the drug collector, how much longer does he have to pres- to produce a specimen to be in compliance under the NFL's policy and program on substances of abuse? A, 75 minutes. B, 1 hour and 30 minutes. C, 2 hours and 15 minutes. D, 4 hours. E, 24 hours. I actually got this one wrong. Yeah, so what happens is I go on this, you know, policy, policy and substances 
policy and substances uh, document, right? You go to testing procedures, right? It's the testing procedures part of the document. And it says here, following notification from the beginning of training camps through the soap through the Super Bowl, players in the intervention program shall furnish a specimen within three hours. And and um, I thought that was the time. So I based it out of three hours. So I said seventy five minutes. When in actuality, that wasn't the correct amount of time because it actually applies from the period after the Super Bowl through the commencement through the commencement of training camps. Players in the intervention program shall furnish a specimen within four hours. Ah. Yeah, not the three hours. So the answer is actually since the since the guy called at seven. He returned at 845. He actually has two hours and 15 minutes. Ah. Yeah. So the answer is C, two hours and 15 minutes. And finally, number 10. Harry Peters receives a therapeutic use exemption for Ritalin in 2021 because of ADD, ADHD to excuse any positive results. Peters forgets his medication for a 2021 regular season game versus the Saints in November. He takes Adderall that he gets from a teammate who has a therapeutic use exemption on the road trip. Peters' therapeutic use exemption for Ritalin is still in effect when he is given a random drug test the day after the Saints game. Peters tests positive for Ritalin and Adderall. From this drug test, how is Peter's positive test handled? A. Peter's faces a two-game suspension. B. A therapeutic use exemption excuses the positive test. C. Discipline is at the discretion of Commissioner Roger Goodell. D. Peter's is treated as a behavioral referral under the NFL's substances abuse policy. E. Peter's faces a six-game suspension. So... What happens is, this is a regular season, right? A regular season infraction. So, going back to that that card, right? Adderall is not considered a substance of abuse. Substance, a substance of abuse is considered a performance-enhancing substance because Adderall is a stimulant. And a stimulant is considered just like coffee. Coffee is a stimulant, and coffee's would be consi- could be considered technically a performance enhancing substance because it substances stimulants make you more uh, alert and things of that nature. Ah. Yeah. So even though he has a therapeutic use exemption and. and even though Adderall and Ritalin both treat ADHD, he only has a therapeutic use exemption for the Ritalin, not the Adderall. So, because of that, the Adderall in the system, he will have A. He will face a two-game suspension. Right? Because, like I said, a first positive test result 
is a two-game suspension without pay under the NFL's PES policy. So, that is that. And you know what? If we're all being also uh, transparent, I also got number four wrong. And the reason why I got number four wrong, number four was uh, how many times per month, if any, can Paul be drug tested at this point? And I didn't realize that the failure to cooperation, I mean, the two-week suspension, the two-week salary forfeiture, I should say, for failure to cooperate with the evaluation process, I I didn't realize that was a trigger of a stage two violation. I thought he was still in stage one with the dilute urine sample and would have to basically as often as required to make a proper evaluation. But that was clearly wrong. Because ah. I didn't know about the cooperation in a two-week salary was a stage two violation. Ah. But now I got it. Because ah. I'm smart. Ah. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> So, there you have it. <laughs> this was this was uh, NFL agent study session volume <laughs> six, <laughs> and this was all about personal conduct, substances of abuse, and um, performance enhancing substances, and how in some Sometimes substances can be considered both or and just the nuances of the testing and why they're testing. And uh, like I said, you know, the credentials is all about information and inspiration through uh, thought provoking content. So the goal here was for you all to learn something and uh, or just gain a better perspective as to what it takes to, you know, be an NFL agent if you ever, if you ever had aspirations and what to think about, and what to focus on, what to prioritize. So, there you have it. (laughs) Uh, Like I said, we appreciate you for tuning in, for following the series, get feedback on uh, what you, what any takeaways, and um, as always, be great, be legendary, and goodbye. Generational Sports Partnerships and Productions appreciates you viewing and or listening to this original content series. Let this empower you towards positive action. Now let's be great.